It's September 26, 2022. And this is the Watson Weekly, your essential e-commerce digest. Today on our show, Amazon CEO Andy Jassy at Recode reveals core innovation questions. How are apparel retailers trying to navigate shifts in consumer demand? Sustainability and diversity, a major theme at Association for Supply Chain Management event. Brands and retailers ignoring back-to-school results? Are we in for a tough holiday? And finally, the Investor Minute, which contains five items this week from the world of venture capital, acquisitions, and IPOs. But first, in our shopping cart full of news. Amazon CEO Andy Jassy at Recode reveals core innovation questions. CEO Andy Jassy sat down with Kara Swisher for an hour and in many ways was not that surprising what he had to say. There were two elements, however, that I thought were interesting. The first was an off-the-hand comment, all these businesses are very decentralized. In this one statement, Jassy describes what a lot of people may not be aware of at Amazon and I think is a big contributor to its success. The idea of the single-threaded leader. Each major area at Amazon has essentially its own leader who, unless they are doing something extremely risky or worrisome, does not have to answer to some kind of senior leadership team. Even this simple idea is one that most other companies, even half Amazon size, have not been able to figure out. The second was Amazon's core investment questions. In order to decide to go into a new line of business, for instance, Alexa, healthcare, etc., Amazon asks itself four key questions. One, If we invest, could this be big and move the needle? Two, is it being served well today? Three, do we have a differentiated approach? And four, do we have a competence there? And if not, can we acquire it quickly? I think these four questions are really interesting ones for any startup. Number three, I would like to call out in particular. So many startups ask number one, which is codename for total addressable market. Their answer for number two is kind of weak. And number three, their answer is yes, we have an approach that's different, but does the difference matter to our customer? Let me give you one example. eBay, for instance, used to say, we're different than Amazon because we will never compete with you, you meaning our seller. Is that different? Yes. Is it meaningful to the seller? Well, history would tell you no, unless you are primarily interested in PR versus behavior and how people act. The history of the last 20 years will tell us that sellers migrate to the platform where the buyers are getting the wise selection in the most convenient way possible, which is what really tends to matter in the long term. It may seem like a small point, but it's not. And likely in whatever sector of the e-commerce market that you cover, it's a lesson here as well. Differentiation, yes, it's table stakes. But to have the right long-term vision, the points of differentiation you choose as the focal point of your strategy also needs to be the most important factor to your customer. And you need to work on improving these factors over a long period of time. Our second story. How are apparel retailers trying to navigate shifts in consumer demand? An interesting article appeared in Glossier last week, which talked about how fashion brands are navigating the current environment. Let's be clear on what's happening first. One, in case you haven't noticed, Consumers have reprioritized spending because of rising grocery and gas prices, which has caused a ripple effect on the rest of budget. Second, if you talk to most brands out there, traffic is off unless they have extremely unique inventory or they're a part of essential spending. Apparel brands are the worst off in this environment. 
Not only is traffic down, but full price apparel seems to be one of the most affected categories out there. So what are these apparel retailers doing? Well, there are only two primary approaches. The first is to write down and liquidate this inventory. Target did this famously earlier in the year when it took a huge hit to its profitability. There are a few reasons this is a great idea. First, you gain space in your stock rooms, warehouses, and show floor. Second, the inventory isn't selling anyway, so you get the inventory off your books and free up capital. This frees up space to reset your buying strategy and acquire products that are selling in this environment. The second solution to this problem is to severely discount this inventory. I think you're going to see a tremendous amount of discounting this holiday season because most brands and retailers are stuck with inventory that isn't selling. A wise retail soul, Stuart Spiegel, always told me the first markdown is the best markdown. So expect some of these products to be discounted more than 50% the first time rather than starting at a traditional markdown of something like 30%. Companies like Macy's and Nordstrom could be affected by this, which would have a high exposure to apparel. Needless to say, this isn't an ideal approach. The other solution I would think about to this problem is a retail strategy called pack and hold. Pack and hold I generally tend to think is the worst answer for this issue. Essentially, you take this season's merchandise, you pack it in a box, and you put it on a shelf until next season. Now just think about this for a moment. As the economy changes and consumer tastes change, you're going to automatically be off trend for this merchandise whenever you reintroduce it, yet you're going to present it as new. Consumers aren't fooled so easily. Gap and Kohl's are two retailers that have announced they're going to be using this strategy. The reality is, many retailers are using a combination of these strategies all at once, particularly in a changing economic world. Our third story. Sustainability and diversity a major theme at Association for Supply Chain Management event. Last week, I traveled to Chicago to speak at a major organization in the supply chain universe called the nonprofit ASCM. The event featured speakers helping supply chain professionals, many of which were not in e-commerce, improve their craft in areas of operations, inventory, risk management, supply chain relationships, and more. Actually, I spoke twice at the event. The first was a podcast hosted with David Glick, CTO of Flex, and Tom Raftery, an evangelist for SAP. This full house presentation focused a lot on the major trends driving the supply chain industry, including global climate legislation and making supply chain a more diverse and inclusive place. The question and answer format led by ASCM CEO Abe Ashkenazi and Bob Treblecock was interesting and the podcast was notable for its diverse crowd. But the real reason David Glick and I were at the event at all was to talk about Amazon. Later the same day, we gave an exclusive view inside Amazon's logistics progress in the last year. We gave a related talk the year before, but virtually. This year, we both went in person and recapped all the major investment themes from Amazon in the last year. As you might imagine, this talk kept changing right up until we gave the presentation, and we had to add Buy With Prime and Amazon warehousing and distribution in the weeks leading up to the talk itself. Some of the most interesting takes were on how Amazon innovates, invests for the long term, and how their efforts will impact the major U.S. carriers like the Postal Service, UPS, and FedEx. Thanks to ASCM Senior Content Manager Heli Handizi for having us at the event. If you're interested in a speaker for your own event, drop me a note on LinkedIn. And our last story. Brands and retailers ignoring back-to-school results. Are we in for a tough holiday? Well, the early results for back-to-school are in from retail analyst NPD, and why does no one seem to be talking about this? As far as I'm concerned, 
Back to School is a shot across the bow of the holiday season because it reveals what consumers are thinking. So far, the results seem to be these three things. One, we're spending less than last year and it's getting worse. In the first seven weeks of the back to school season, school related spending was down year over year at retailers. The one segment that did well? Dollar stores. The consumer behavior is not hard to imagine. CNN said the average American is spending $460 per month more on groceries at this time than at the same time last year. This means they need to allocate their spending on the rest of everything, and they're listing out their priorities and starting at the bottom. Just think about yourself for the moment. Can I defer this purchase? Can I reuse this item from a friend, relative, or can my existing item like a school backpack last another season? Can I buy this in bulk at a dollar store, wholesale club, or a price leader like Walmart? Only then, when the consumer has gone through all of this prioritization, do they look at full-price retail. If this trend continues, the holiday season could look strange indeed. While you may not go through this exercise with your partner, husband, or wife, couldn't you go through this exercise with gifts from more distant friends and relatives? Two, unemployment continues to slowly rise. It's not hard to see new reports of companies like The Gap, Compass, and others starting to lay off in the range of 5 to 10% of workers as they anticipate the downward trend. However, if this trend intensifies, this is only the beginning. The Fed, in its recent interest rate hike last week, noted that the median unemployment rate is up to 4.4%, up from the 3.7% today, which is about 13% higher than what they predicted at 3.9% just not long ago. Of course, you saw that the Fed just raised interest rates another 75 basis points and signaled that it will keep raising rates until prices come down. Well, that might work for real estate, but will that help grocers and gas? It's unclear. Of course, all these statistics have implications not only for brands, but also for shippers. All signs point to the fact that the holiday seasons will be down this year. The projections I've seen range from up 1% to 3% to flat to down 2% to 5%. Walmart and Target seem like they're preparing as well. Target is hiring 100,000 seasonal workers, the same number as last year. Walmart is warning the world, however, and only hiring 40,000 seasonal workers compared to 150,000 last year. It's that time, friends, for our Investor Minute. We had five items on the menu today. First, retailer misfits market to acquire imperfect foods. Count me in as someone hoping this company does well, especially considering the amount of food waste in America. I read that 40% of food in America is wasted. Viewed from this lens, this seems like a good fit rather than a misfit, if you ask me. Second, Warehouse automation continues to heat up with Amazon buying Klustermans, a mechatronics specialist in Belgium. Klustermans, which already counted Amazon as a customer, has been building technology to move and stack heavy pallets, unlike Kiva robots, which are focused on moving lighter totes and shelves. It remains to be seen if Klustermans will be forced to divest itself of other customers, like when Kiva was acquired by Amazon. Third, asset management firm BlackRock leads $100 million round in Cap Hill Brands. Capital Brands is a vehicle designed to acquire consumer-based CPG brands and grow them. I'm a little surprised these types of businesses are still being funded in this economy, but I expect that likely half to two-thirds of this $100 million is actually debt and not equity. The company is hiring a lot of experienced executive operators, so we'll see what happens with them going forward. Fourth, Predico raises seed capital to build forecasting software to help brands stay in stock. If you ask any brand what one of the hardest problems in retail is, 
Forecasting is never that far down the list. And finally, marketplace accelerator Spreetail acquires Amazon marketing agency Buybox Experts. It may just be me, but I thought Buybox Experts was already acquired before. If my friend James Thompson has achieved the rare double dip, well then, congratulations are in order. That's all for this week. Till next time, Watsonians. Hi, I'm Rick Watson, CEO and founder of RMW Commerce Consulting and host of the Watson Weekly Podcast, your essential e-commerce digest. Our production partner for the show is Citizen Racecar. The show is produced by Alex Brower, production manager, Gabriella Montekin. To hear new episodes of the show every Monday morning, subscribe now at rmwcommerce.com slash Watson Weekly and wherever you get your podcasts.